your host, Kyle Heath. This week, I want to talk about something that isn't really that specifically linked to technology or IT. But then again, another way it kind of is. I'm talking about useless forms. And I specifically mean useless forms. You can hear that in my voice. What's the problem with forms? Life's full of forms. Registrations of birth, death, marriage, insurance, medical, legal... Everywhere you go, you've got to deal with an administration and there's a form to fill in. Now, computers, one of the whole point of computers was it was going to make the concept of having paper forms disappear and consigned to history. It was going to make things easier for us to fill in and it's going to save us from having to get forms out. So in this podcast, I want to explore a bit of history around the use of forms in business, what forms have done, what they're doing and why it's not quite turned out as simple as we'd all hoped that it would do with forms. Now we know that forms are a way of capturing information. Usually you've got a list of questions on a sheet of paper and you enter the answers. And there's one per instance of a task. So a form is really a bit of a checklist, a way to verify a series of tasks has been done. And we use that to record all sorts of different things, whether it become a person's medical history, a list of allergies, whether it's some tasks in a job that need to be done. The purpose of the form is to help the business operate. Originally, forms were on paper. You printed them off and filled them in with a pen. It's quite easy to do. And then you added the answers to a database or another system manually. Now, there's a good thing with forms. They make processes more reliable. And certainly, in fields like aviation, checklists are extremely important. Forms are extremely important in aviation because they make sure that mistakes, simple mistakes that humans are capable of, aren't made. So forms, without a doubt, are a benefit to us in many ways. They make tasks and processes way more reliable. They enable businesses to capture information easily and quickly. They standardise data entry. That's probably their number one reason for a form, is to standardise data entry. But these paper forms were always double entry. You had one to fill the form in, then one to enter the data later on into something else. So that's pretty labour-intensive double entry. You're wasting a lot of time there. And where reliability, quality are improved, time gets lost in double entry. Now it was predicted computers would revolutionise forms because you can complete the form once and enter the data at the same time, halving the amount of time it takes to do the task. But really that hasn't kind of happened. I remember people talking about forms being the future way back in the late 1990s when I started working out in computers and started working in IT. And ever since then, It's always been prophesied as it will come. There will come this time in which forms will transform everything. And it really hasn't happened in the way that everybody expected it to. The advent of the iPad or the tablet, the first easily accessible tablet for most people, really did start to make a change to that. Because before that, you could try and fill in a form on a laptop. But if you've ever tried to do walk around with a laptop in one hand and type in the other, you found that that's quite an unmanageable situation as well. It's not really something that you can do. So it took the tablet for it. The tablet to arrive for us really to be able to get the form in a format that was being able to fill in online. Now let's roll back a little bit further into the history of how form started from the paper base into the electronic format. And the first one that came around and started this trend of forms being the saviour was Adobe Acrobat. The false prophet, you might say. 
they took the PDF file. Now the PDF file stands for the Portable Document Format and that was first delivered in 1993 by Adobe. And they created that as a way, a standard way to display data across disparate types of devices. Even back then in 1993, that was something they foresaw that would be required. The ability to have one standard format to display data across multiple different types of devices. And the plan was that that format would deliver a standard to and images no matter what type of computer you used. So that was it, disparate devices. No matter what computer you used, you would always get the standard. They intended this to be widely available. So it was made free to read if you had the Adobe Acrobat Reader application. And if you wanted to create them or edit them or change them, then you had to own their more expensive Adobe Acrobat application. Again, casting our minds back now, this is 1993. We're looking at 25 years ago plus, And here we have that premium business model that so many people are aware of now, which is you get something for free. In, which is valuable to you and then actually when you want to make something with that there's a cost associated with it you're free to view it cost to make it so that business model isn't perhaps as uncommon as some people might think it is now adobe's original plan was to have this one standard of display for everybody to look at and read and what happened as a consequence of that was that most people were able to read these PDF files, but editing it wasn't common because the Adobe Acrobat application was expensive compared to things like Microsoft Word. And what that meant was people went to PDFs as the go-to format for creating a document that you didn't want other people to change or edit. And that often became the form. That may have been a form to sign up for a contract for a service from a business, other types of form, legal forms, insurance documents, medical forms, etc. The PDF found itself as the go-to format for distributing files in professional services that you didn't want to edit. And that was primarily not because the file format supported the prohibition of editing, but because people didn't have Adobe Acrobat as a default. They only had the reader and therefore it, it was almost accidentally the go-to document for that kind of security. PDF was also pretty nice to look at. It was aesthetically pleasing to look at compared with other types of documents around that time. And it did indeed read on all different types of computers and it was free to do so. And so it found itself very, very quickly as the most common file type used for forms in business. People would spend a lot of money having a desktop publishing organization create their form in the Adobe PDF file format that you could either then print off or fill in. And more often than not, the idea of printing it and filling it in with a black pen was common. And that was common because a lot of these forms had tick boxes and cross boxes that were read by computers. So what you've got now is the concept of distributing an electronic format that people will print off and then scan back in or add back to a computer system. This becomes the way of doing things. What has Adobe created? Well, Adobe inadvertently has created now by the early noughties a complete era of online forms that are an absolute hassle for the person who's filling in the form to do because you've got to get the PDF file, download the PDF file, open it with Acrobat Reader if we roll back to this period in history where it didn't open necessarily in the web browser then. Then you have to print it off, get it off the printer, fill it in with a pen, then get it on a scanner, which again weren't easily accessible at those point in time, scan it back into a file format which was ironically PDF more often than not, and then probably email it back to people. Or you may have posted it back. You may have printed it off and filled it by hand and posted it back to people. And this is not a lot of fun. This is definitely not what the whole point of a form is. 
So we've gone from the idea of a simple checklist or a form that could capture information easily for a business into something that became overly complicated because of this Adobe document format and how pretty it was. Because you could make documents look what people put in inverted commas as professional. They looked very smart. They were completely impractical. And actually, when you came to use them, were a nightmare. But they looked nice at a distance. At a glance, you went, oh, that's a professional-looking document. That's how I want my business to be represented. And of course, what people weren't thinking about is when you are when you are providing something in your business to somebody else, what you want to do is remove the amount of friction that they've got. You want to make it as simple and as easy as possible for somebody to do something because it's pleasing, it's nice when you get something in life where you can go, oh, I like that, how do I do it? Oh, you click here, click, and I'm done? Yes, yes, you're all done. Wow, that was awesome. You want things like that in life. You want simple things like now, for example, when I buy a train ticket now on an app, I can buy a train ticket on an app and on the app, I get my train ticket displayed, which means I can show it to a guard on a train via the phone. And when I get to a train station, such as London or New Street, I can switch it to a QR code and scan that on the gate to go through the ticket machine. So that's very frictionless. It's very easy as I'm walking on to get my phone out, open the app, put it in QR code mode and just scan it and move through. That is frictionless. That's something that's very pleasing. What I don't want to have to do is go to a ticket machine, put a card into a ticket machine, get the tickets printed, get them out, carry them around, find them in my wallet, put them in the machine. That's a slow way of doing it. And this is the this is what was happening with the forms. The forms had become bogged down in the aesthetics of what the document looked like and everyone had actually forgotten what the practical purpose of the form was. And this has carried on and on and on for years. It's not changed. Recently, I was provided with a form for the purposes of an insurance quotation. And this form was over 20 pages long. And I, no matter what I could do, I couldn't edit it online because the formatting kept going all over the place. As I tried to add data to it, the forms expanded, which expanded into other fields, which broke it. The form was dreadful. The only way to actually fill this form in was to print it off and fill it in with a pen. A 20 page long form I then had to print off and fill in with a pen which is absolutely maddening to have to do that kind of thing and you know what it ultimately got to the point where James or I were so frustrated with this form that there was no way we we're going to continue with that business because this form was so terrible so there was an exact interest an exact incident where someone's lost business because this form was so poor to fill in because it took so long for me to give them the information there were other ways that they could have done this they could have taken the time to take 20 minutes on the phone and gone over it with me they could have read the form to me and i answered it okay that would have taken me 20 minutes of my time but i may have been able to do that while i was doing something else i may have been able to do that while i was driving i may have been able to get better value out of the call because i've asked questions to the person because there were several questions on this form i didn't understand and so when i had the form i couldn't give the correct answers anyway so that was frustrating me even further because i couldn't i couldn't ask anybody anything at the same time and that's that's pretty useless so when you've got a form like that that doesn't help actually it's making things worse another example i have Signing up for a broadband service with a business that had a direct debit associated with it. Overcomes the form. Again, I've got to print it out, fill it in, scan it in, and then email it back. Now, the data that goes in this form is not overly complicated. It's an agreement that's got some term conditions. It's got the name of a company. It's what the line's going to be, and it has a direct debit agreement. All of that stuff can be done online in a format that doesn't require me to have to print it off and fill it in and scan it and then email it back all of it 
Direct debits can all be sorted through organizations like GoCardless and they can be sent to you and you can fill them in online. Again, you could use a simple Google form to fill this in and then you could do an electronic signature online where you send someone the email, the document appears on the screen, you click on it and you electronically sign that document. So the whole process could be done in front of my computer without me having to have a printer and print something off and fill it in and scan it. And you know, people might say, well, why are you being such an ass about this car? Why can't, you know, it takes as long to do the first things as it does to do the second things. But the point is it's the feel of it. When you're working in an area, when we're working in an area that's digital and everything is digital and it's online, I don't mind getting something where I can fill it in online, send off the go card list, then fill in the form for the order, have it go back to the supplier. The supplier say, fantastic, we've got everything. Here's the agreement. Click here to sign. I sign the agreement and we're done. I haven't had to get the paper out, the printer, I have to clear the desk, get the pen, which I don't have, and all of that kind of stuff. That's why it could have been solved a lot easier by using electronic form like a Google form. Now you knew I was going to come to Google forms because this is no techno bubble and G Suite and Google is my favorite. It's what it's what we love at Kimberly IT. It's what we do. And so I'm going to go over to a Google form and go a little bit of detail as to what a Google form is. Well, it's a simple web page that allows you to capture information in a simple way. And mostly when we capture information from people, generally they tend to be the same sort of things that we need to find. We need to have a text field where you might write a name, an address, some details like that. You might have yes, no to a question. You might have a checkbox where you can say, you can check this one option and that option. You may have a drop down where you want multiple options. You might have a multiple choice. You might wanna have a rating system where you can have one star up to five star. And so what the Google form enables you to do is to create a series of questions that follow each other of which you can have those different types of answers and you do them on the screen in a very simple what you see is what you get interface and what I mean by that is you drag and drop the different types of questions. You drag it on the screen, write your question, say it's a checkbox one and then you'll see what are your checkbox options, one, two, five, ten, twenty. What are your answers to this question? Yes, no, really simple to do. Nice, big, colourful screen to work on. The graphics are very, very simple, so it looks nice and easy to follow. And you can get your data captured in a format that's easy to use and easy to record the data. And not only is it easy to record on a, on a computer, but it's easy to record on a tablet and a mobile phone, and on a mobile phone particularly so. That means you can create data entry capture forms that people can do on their telephone in front of them, that they can do when they're traveling, that they can do as they're walking around an office or they're walking around a manufacturing plant. Because remember, forms aren't only about legal and medical expenses and the more complicated and complex processes, but they can be simply about checking that the status of a machine in a factory's manufacturing is correct. It can be that somebody has checked that the jig is online. How many, how many production cycles has it gone through since it was last checked? Has it been checked to make sure that it has the necessary lubrication on it? Has it been checked that it's been cleaned in the last two hours of the swarf? that's come off if it's, for example, grinding or cutting out metal. All of these things can be captured in a form that you can then, the operator can fill in every two hours on their mobile phone. And the answers to that are recorded in a Google Sheet automatically. So they automatically go into a spreadsheet. And then the spreadsheet can have a notification that gets sent to someone who works in the back office to say that that data has been collected. So depending on the type of data you're collecting, you can answer those notifications either immediately because you might be taking data, for example, from a survey market research from somebody that you're interviewing in the street. And the moment that data is captured, it can then be analyzed by the team at the head office. Or it may be that at the end of each day, 
when you've done the check on the machine through a 10 hour shift, you have got five examples of the checks that were done and you can have a look at that data. You can have a look at readings that were taken perhaps of the machine temperature and things like that at that point in time. And you're starting to record processes that were done manually on paper and pen or that were done verbally. You're now being able to record them electronically in a simple spreadsheet where you can analyze trends in the data. And the, the real key with using Google Forms like this is that you're removing that double data entry process because any other way that you're collect, you're collecting this information electronically you're going to have to double entry that data and that's a big loss in productivity and as you can imagine it's, you know 50 percent loss in productivity now imagine a situation where you can have an employee that can open a form on a phone and that phone can be their own phone so you don't have to provide that device to them either you can use their own phone to access that form fill in that data and then you can analyze the data in the back end from a spreadsheet very quickly and easily. This really is quite a revolutionary step in how businesses work. And it's probably one of the features of G Suite that most people miss out on. Because the bigger names take precedence. Gmail, Drive, Docs and Sheets. They usually take precedence and people notice those. And they don't see the forms as much. But actually in a business, if you think about how many checklists and forms that you have for processes and things that are done, or how many checklists and forms you could have if you had a simple way of creating them, and then you look at Google Forms and you create multiple forms for these, you've got a very, very good way of standardizing processes. A very, very simple way of standardizing operations and processes and making sure things are done in a repeatable way the same time every time. And that's one of the key things that can improve productivity and efficiency in a business and make you more profitable. And in the long term, that's what everybody wants to do with the business is make it more profitable, make it an easier place and more fun place to work. Now, what only you can do with these Google Forms is, yes, they're great straight out of the box, but you can also get add-ons to those that bring more functionality to the forms than you get straight out of the Google Suite service because that's the whole purpose of what Google does with G Suite is it allows people to write applications that plug in and add on value to their system. So for example, you could get some add-ons that allow you to dynamically build fields from a sheet and limit the amount of people who can clearly fill in the form. So that might be that you could have a limited offer on a form. So the number first 10 people to fill in this form get X based on their entries. And then you could use another add-on that will automatically create a PDF or a document off the back of that. So you might want to have a form that gets filled in by one of your customers that's related to a questionnaire that you've got. It could be related to their taxation status if you're an accountant, maybe related to something, a new starter in their business if you're in the IT industry. And it will automatically take that data and when it's submitted, it will take the data, put it into the sheet, then pull it out of the sheet, put it into a PDF, and then that PDF could be automatically emailed to you with an electronic signature on the back of it. So you can create an automatic workflow process as the phrase goes there. You're creating a flow of work from filling in the form to somebody receiving an email that can be signed electronically very quickly without any human intervention. And that's quite cool stuff to be able to do when you've built one of these that works because it speeds up the process of what you're doing dramatically. And it means that your employees and your team members can focus more on serving your customers or serving whatever it is that they're doing rather than getting bogged down in moving data from one place to another place and then moving this process. And the less human elements that you put into these kind of processes, the less likely you are to get mistakes. Because once you build the process correctly and automate it correctly, it's not going to change. It's going to repeat itself again and again in exactly the same way. And that's better than humans can be. Now, Another way that you can link Google Forms is to use tools like Zapier. And Zapier 
and other tools like If This Then That are tools online that you sign up to that link cloud services together. And where cloud service is different from everybody else's is that you can make, if you design a cloud service that sits online from a website, you can set it up so it uses a common functionality that other websites use. And these are called API, Advanced Programming Interfaces. And what that really means is that you're using a set of standards that allow two sets of applications to talk to each other if you allow them to do so. And what a tool like Zapier does is Zapier allows multiple applications to talk to each other and create automated tasks based on one thing. So you could get a form that makes one thing happen, then that makes another thing happen, that then makes another thing happen. So, for example, it means if somebody completed a Google form, they could be automatically added to a channel in Slack based on the response. And then they could have an SMS sent to the person who did that via Twilo to tell them that it's been done. So there you can create a form, create somebody being added into a chat tool like Slack that then sends an SMS as a response mechanism to that. And you can create multiple ones of these. I used to do Zapier in the past where a form would enable a ticket to be automatically created in a help desk application that would then tell somebody else what had happened so that they were aware of what had gone on. So you can create really cool link-ups together. And you can't really do that stuff with old-school standalone applications that sit on computers in your office and on servers and things like that. It's not possible to do this kind of stuff. And if you think that tools like Zapier offer you the link of 600 applications to a Google form, that's a lot of flexibility you've got to create customized solutions that never existed before. So now, are we looking at useless forms or now are we looking at forms that are very helpful? Well, we are looking at forms that are very helpful because the world has changed. Yet, what I still come up against on a daily basis are terrible forms. And this is this is the ultimate frustration with useless forms. It doesn't have to be useless anymore but you still get tons of them. I had the 20 page form that was too complicated to understand. I had the broadband order form that was just a faff to do because I had to print it and scan it and send it back. I've had a form recently which was, again, it was a good attempt at a form to organize the data required for a photocopier provider to put photocopiers into a client's site. And it was based on an Excel file format and it was okay in that I could open it and I could fill in some of the fields. But as soon as I started filling in some of the fields, they started to lose their formatting again. And again, it was still ugly. It was still really ugly to do. And a Google form could have been made a lot slicker. It can also give you logic in that form because there were certain aspects of this copier setup that the customer didn't need. Client didn't need any of it. So you can have in a Google form an answer to a question. Do you need to have scan to file? If you answer no, then the logic in the form takes you to the next set of questions. If you answer yes, then it gives you the questions related to having scan to file. So you don't have to waste space in a form where someone goes, do I need to fill this bit in or not fill this bit in? I don't think I do. It seems like I need to fill it in because there's gaps, but my customer's not having it. This kind of thing. You can get rid of all of that kind of thing by having some logic built into it. So there's a tremendous amount that you can do with these forms. And, and what mostly you find is that people don't know these forms exist. So the only thing that they continue to do is do what they've always done in the past, which is to create ugly PDF documents or Word documents or Excel spreadsheets that have got gaps in them that you expect people to fill in. But you're making assumptions about things at the other end. You're making assumptions that they've got Word or Excel. And they might not have those applications and programs and certainly if they're going to open those forms on a mobile phone and let's be honest how many of us answer emails and do things on mobile phones most of us do 
what a frustration when someone somebody sends you a word attachment on a mobile phone and then you have to get maybe the app version of microsoft office word on your phone and it's ugly or you don't use those things at all and so it doesn't work properly and then you've got to get your laptop out in order to do it and again you're wasting time and time is the one thing that none of us want to waste it gets super frustrating why would you frustrate customers like that because you will lose customers to those kind of frustrations there'll come a point in which the differentiator between who somebody picks to work with could come down to the form that you send them to complete the order that you've got because the differentiators are getting less and less in many different industries there isn't much to to go the difference between you know and what kimberly it do and the service that we provide how do we how are we going to differentiate ourselves from other things if you differentiate us from somebody else who's providing google services well it's about how we provide those google services the google services that we provide are pretty clear and obvious to have a look at the g suite and you can go and have a look at those every day of the week and you can go buy them direct from google right now and you can buy them direct at a significant reduction to the cost that you will get when you take the service from our business but that's not where the value is. We never we never hide from that fact. We know what it costs. The value is about Jarrell James and I tell you how to do something, how to use those tools to create something more efficient and to do something in a better way. And this is what the most important aspect is. This is what you need to realize that differentiates you from other people. If you're sending out ugly forms that bug people and they can't be bothered to fill them in, they will literally not bother to fill them in and they'll go back online and they'll type into Google whatever it was they were looking for and they'll go on the next page and try again because it doesn't take long these days to find a provider of a service and to fill in what needs to be done to get in contact with them. And that's the weird that's the weird thing about it. When you, it's in your interest, you will fill in the form. When it's not in your interest, you won't. And so what you've got to do is make this thing as slick as possible. When someone's got interest in your business and they want to come on board with you, you need to make it as easy as possible for them to do that. And that means not having ugly, horrible forms that are difficult to do. You want to have really helpful forms that are really easy to fill in and don't create a barrier to entry for your customers. I've covered quite a bit of information about forms at a fairly quick speed in this. Let's do a little bit of a recap about forms. Forms are awesome. Forms are one of the best things you can introduce into your business because they standardize data entry, they create checklists, and they make sure things get done again and again in the same way but they're also perhaps one of the clearest examples of why cloud applications and cloud it is so different to traditional it forms are dead flexible you can build them on the fly you can link them to hundreds of other applications and you can automate tasks with them and you can record data on any device when you're mobile and those are the things you can't do with traditional it and by implementing these forms and google forms in your business you can have no more double data entry no more making people print things off you're not putting friction in the way of people doing things. You're making things easy for people to do. You're making employees become more self-sufficient and creative. After all, you can give them the opportunity to create their own forms, to do their own processes, and then share those back with you. And you can let those forms go into your business to make things easier for people. And this is one of the mysteries for people when they talk about what it is that millennials and Gen Z and other generations want in the workplace. They want to be creative and they want to use tools to create things that make things happen in a better way than they were before. And you're missing out on the opportunity for that if you don't give people these tools to do. If you're stuck in the old school way of a Microsoft Word document or a PDF file, then you're old school and you need to recognize your old school and technology moves on. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you don't need to feel bad about it. You know, we all get older. I'm 45 years old now. You get older. 
but that doesn't mean that you can't lose. You can't keep your youthful spirit and know what younger people want to do and what they want to use and why it's important to them and why their generation is different to your generation. After all, the concept of the form isn't going to go away. The concept of the form's been there since we've had a pen and paper going back hundreds and hundreds of years. It's just a different way of implementing the form. And we thought, we thought in the 90s and the early 90s that electronically it had got sorted with the PDF file and it was a misnomer. It was a pretender to it. I don't really blame Adobe and the PDF for it. It was what people thought of it and what they did with it that then became the standard and then people got used to it. And once they got used to it, no one would step out and do something different. And we got stuck with it. But now we can do something different. You can use a form-based application like Google Forms and you could do something completely different and you can make it so much easier for you to record information and share it and make it so much easier for you to do checklists and make it so much easier for your employees to be efficient and get things done. You need to go and try this stuff in your business. It will make a massive difference and you will start getting on board with the younger generation who will get what you're trying to do you'll start talking their language when you show them tools like google this is the stuff they used at school this is the stuff they used at university these are the things they use in their personal lives so you are now giving them the tools that they recognize you recognize microsoft office if you're of a certain age and that has a brand reputation with your mind but with younger people it doesn't carry as much cachet as it does in the people who are over 40 years old for younger people have grown up with different tools they've grown up with this whole mobile based lifestyle they've grown up with google they've grown up with facebook and they've grown up with the idea of apps linking to other apps and they've grown up with the idea of apps rather than what we saw which were programs and applications that you installed on a computer it's a really different way of viewing it so I strongly recommend that you take that time out to have a think about how you use forms in business and do you have any forms in your business that you share with customers or employees that are on PDFs or Word documents? Are you sending these out to people and expecting them then to do your work for you? Are you making it harder for them to fill that in than it needs to be? Because if you are, stop. Bring it back in-house and have a think about it. How can I make this easier? How can I give this information to my customers so they can put some information into it that progresses the sale or the service that I'm providing to them, but actually makes it an easier and a more enjoyable experience for my customer. That's what you want to be thinking about because that's what customers love. We all love it. That's what people love. When you get your life made easier, you remember it and you smile and you think, man, that was really cool. That was, didn't take any time at all. That was awesome. And you'll remember it and you'll tell other people about it. And you know the old adage, the opposite one will be, if you were asked to you know, go over backwards and mess around and print 20 pages and run out of toner on your printer, and then you couldn't find a pen, and then you had to fill it in and post it, uh, yeah, you're not going to be in a real hurry to get on with that company again. And you'll tell other people, oh, yeah, yeah. It was all right until the point they sent me the bloody form, and it was such a faff to fill in, and you won't want to do it. So this is what you need to think about forms. Don't have useless forms in your business. Have useful forms. Forms are awesome. Make sure yours are too. Right, that's a wrap-up for this episode of No Techno Bubble. Half an hour or so, relatively short, but I don't want to go too much onto forms. The point is to make you think about forms and have and not have useless forms in your business. If you've enjoyed this, then leave some comments on the YouTube page. Come over and visit us at Kimberly.com. Have a look at what I'm doing on Instagram on that technology guy. And you can see James and I on LinkedIn regularly posting and commenting on there for our business, Kimberly.com as well. I'm going to sign off now and I'll be back next time with the next episode of No Techno Bubble. Cheers. Bye.